Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. But today, and it kind of goes along with this little life of my new son, is that why do we exist? Well, we exist to create a future. If you want to get your notes out this morning. We exist to create a better future. Now, we do have the choice. We could create a better or worse future. But one of the biggest things that differentiates us from the animals, I just want to let you know, we do not believe in the idea that this all happened by accident. We just evolved out of some primordial ooze. We believe in science, but we also believe in the power of scripture. And there is a moment when God said, let there be light. He created the world. He created the earth. He created space, the moon and the stars, but he created you and I. And it says the one thing about creation that he says was created in his image was you and me. And we have a difference from the creative world in the sense that we were created by a creative God to create, to create a future, to bring hope and influence and inspiration to this world, to be the example of our heavenly Father God and his love to those around us. It's the thing that differentiates us from the animals. Listen, I love animals. I know we got our fur babies and our dogs and we have a fish at home whose name is Fish. It was Shepard's four-year-old birthday gift. I take care of it and Adrian always laughs at me because I talk to the fish like, hey buddy, are you hungry? Here you go. And she's like, why do you care for this? Because like, he's awesome. He's a cute little fish and he's my guy that I care for, but he's, he's an animal. And we love our dogs. I mean, I'm not a big cat person. If that's you, I'll pray for you to be delivered from that uh, because, you know, dogs are the way to go. But we love our animals, right? Here's the thing, though. What makes us different is the fact that we can vision a better future and we can learn from our history. When's the last time you went up to your dog and he was looking through the family photo album of like, oh man, I remember this grandfather. I remember where we came from. I remember this dog history. No, that doesn't happen. But we as humans, we look back on where history has been and and what God has done and what's happened in our life. And we've said, you know what? I wanna create something new. Maybe you wanted to be the difference in your family generation of creating something better, creating something new, stepping into a new horizon of life. That's a humanity thing that we have been called to do. It's the whole reason for that verse on the back of the shirts that we gave out last week that we'll have more of next week from Psalm chapter eight, verse three, that says this, when I look to your heavens, God, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of him? human beings that you care for them. If you get nothing else from today's message, catch on to this, God cares for you. Turn to the person next to you, tell them, hey, God cares for you. And turn to the person you ignored the first time, saying, hey, I just turned to my right naturally. God cares about you too. God cares about you. And when I look to the heavens, when I look to what God's created, I'm reminded that, man, I am so small compared to the powerful God. But man, there is a purpose to my life. There's a reason that I exist and there's a reason I'm here. And it's to create a future that is aligned with what God has for me and what God can do through me. It's a simple saying, we say it this way, our life is from God, right? We've been given this life. And then we want to use that life to serve and care for others. It's from God to me, now through me to others, right? And here's what I want you to know today. I want you to write these things down in your notes. The first blank is this, is that God has done a new thing over and over and over again. 
God loves doing new things. God loves doing new things even more than the, the new iPhone that comes out every year, right? Like God is always doing new things. He spoke to the void of darkness and said, let there be light. There was new creation. Then he spoke to this guy named Abraham and said, hey, Abraham, Abraham, leave everything and follow me. And I want to make you a father of many nations. And Abraham birthed the nation of Israel, of God's people. Then when, those, when the Israel people fell on hard times, God said, hey, I'm going to use this guy named Moses. He's going to deliver you out of slavery. I'm going to part this Red Sea to bring you into freedom. I'm going to drop bread from the sky, this new thing, to feed you. And then when you continue to mess up, I'm going to send some other people to help you. Send a guy by the name of Samson who was super strong and had super long hair. That's a new thing, but he delivered Israel from their enemies through the power of God. Then a guy by the name of David, a small shepherd, came in and defeated a giant when everyone else was cowering in fear. That was a new thing. A new thing came in the cries of a little baby who was born in a manger to Mary and Joseph, who would be the Son of God and our Savior, who would conquer sin and death on a cross. That was a new thing. He rescued a guy by the name of Paul whose number one goal in life was to kill people who followed Jesus. And then he had an experience with Jesus that totally 180 changed his life. And then he became someone who was building the church and gave his life to build the church. That's a new thing. And today there's six new things that God's doing in these ark churches that are planted all over the world. There's new things he's doing in your life and your family. There's new things he's doing in our church and we cannot miss it because the opportunity is there. And I want to I want to say to God today and I hope your prayer is God if you're doing a new thing, I want to be a part of it. I don't want to miss it because here's the other thing to write down is that God warns us that we too often miss the new thing he's doing. We too often miss the new thing he's doing. Maybe that new thing for you today is to get on the home team, to get baptized, to finally go to growth track. Maybe that new thing will be at the end of service when we offer the invitation to say yes to Jesus, to be forgiven and set free. But here's what I want for you for these next few minutes of our message is this verse from Isaiah, verse 43, chapter 43, verse 18, that says this, forget all that. Whatever brought you here, just forget all of it. It's nothing compared to what I want to do now in your life and what I'm going to do. For I am going to do something new and see I have already begun. Do you not see it? My goal for us today, Local City Church, in our conversation is for you to see the new thing God wants to do in your life and the new thing he's doing through our church that you can be a part of. This is coming together as a community. It's coming together to see what God wants to do. And when I look to God's heavens, I know he cares for me and I just want to be a part of what he's doing. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you so much that you are a God who is involved in our lives. And why do we exist? We exist to love you and love people and to create a future. And so we lean into that today. We do two things. We listen and we lean in. And God, I pray that you would be with us today. Bless every person, every family here. God, be with all of our kids team out in local city kids today. Help all of our kids from whatever age to fall in love with you and know that Jesus is their very best friend. And church is a place they can enjoy and have fun. And they have a place here. We love you, Lord. We trust you. And we give you these next few minutes to speak to our lives and speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, once again, we all say amen, amen. Come on, you ready for the message today? Let's go, let's go. So if you'll turn your notes over, what I want to do today is give you three steps to a better future. Three steps on how to create a better future. And I was thinking about this. Sometimes the solution is so simple. Sometimes the solution is right there in front of us. About a week before uh, we welcomed Teddy into this world, our AC in our house went completely out. And if you live in Florida, you know, uh-uh. 
That, we ain't doing that, right? Like we need AC in our houses. Like we're in Florida, it gets hot, it's 90 degrees in September and October. We need that 72 degrees, 74 degrees thermostat blowing through our house to keep us cool. And I knew that. And I was like, all right, air's out, blowing hot air. The air handler outside sounds like it's someone's dying. We got to get someone out here to fix it. And so I called the guy to come out, and here's what the options that he gave me. He said, all right, so here's what you can do. Your unit's about 10 years old. Your compressor went out because lightning struck it. I'm like, also, great, we live in Florida, right? And so it, it blew out your compressor, but also there's another, like, coil in your air, air handler in your attic that's about to go out. So altogether, it's going to be a little expensive to fix those, but for the same price, I can give you a full new system. I was like, that sounds great. That's a message right there, maybe for a later today, maybe for a later Sunday. Don't pay for something that doesn't really replace the whole thing. You can have something new, right? Rather than costing ourselves to fix the old thing, just get something new. And that's what we did. And so they came that day. They replaced the entire AC system. And man, woo, feels good in the Miller household now, all right? And what the great thing is, it's saving us money on our electric bill, so it's just been good all the way around. But on that day when the AC tech was leaving, we've had a problem in our living room forever since we've lived there. And we've lived at this house just down the street for November will be four years since we bought the house. And our living room has always been hot for some reason, especially when we had people over, whether it was for a small group or for a party. It was always hot in our living room and we never understood why. We had this giant vent in the ceiling that would send air out. I'm like, why is this not working? The thermostat says it's a good 72 degrees in here. Why is the living room so hot? And the AC tech was walking out of our house, and he said, hey, I want to tell you something. You know that vent's closed, right? I said, what do you mean? He said, that vent right there, your main distribution for your whole living room, it's closed. I said, I didn't even know it could close. I mean, it doesn't have a little switch on it or anything, and it looks like the vents are open. What do you mean, sir? It's closed. We've been in this house for four years. And he says, watch. And he, he gets a little step stool, and he goes up to the vent and pulls it down, and pop, it pops open, and just immediately, this wind of fresh air hits our living room, and I'm like, are you kidding me? For four years, I've been sweating in this living room. For four years, the air's been up there, but it had no way to get out because the vent was closed and shut, and it was that easy. All I had to do was get up and pop it open, and we'd be good. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> but now it feels great. But here's the thing. I think it relates to us in our life because sometimes we have everything that we need, Sometimes we have everything that we've worked for, everything that's cost us and paid for. We have it all, but there's just one little thing that's closed that's keeping us from stepping into that new level, stepping into that new thing, from feeling and experiencing the God who loves and cares for us so much. And we need someone who has more expertise and is a little farther ahead than us to come and say, hey, you know that's closed, right? And they can pop it open for us. That's what I want to give you today. Three steps to a better future, three things to pop open in your life to begin to feel that fresh wind again, to bring you into that new thing, for that new fresh air to fill your sails again, to blow you into the new and incredible future that you can create in your life for your friends, for your family, for your generations, for our church, for moving forward, because that's what God has called us to do. 
I talked about this guy named Paul who had this incredible experience with Jesus on the road to Damascus. He was headed to Damascus to continue to do what he was doing, which was kill people who were following Jesus, kill the church at this time. And Jesus shows up, has a miraculous encounter with him and says, hey, Paul, stop persecuting my followers. Stop destroying the church. And Paul, because he literally has this eye-to-eye moment with Jesus, says, okay, and surrenders his life to Jesus and gives everything that he has for the rest of his life to build the church. And one of the churches that he built was a church in Ephesus. Ephesus was a big port city at the time in biblical culture. It was very influential, very important, but also very far away from God. They had pagan temples there that ran the economy and ran the culture. And Paul went in there to build the church of Jesus so they could realize the truth that God had for them through his son Jesus. And he spends a little bit over two years there recruiting leaders and building the church and again bringing the good news of Jesus to them. And in Acts chapter 20, we pick up this final conversation that Paul has with the leaders at this church in Ephesus. And here's what he says. So guard yourselves... And God's people feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. So the person speaking is Paul. The audience is these church leaders in Ephesus. And the tension, the audience, the culture of what's going on is very tense. Because there's this other kind of punk dude named Demetrius who's been rising up riots against Paul and rising up riots against the church because he had a lot invested in the pagan temples. And he said, you know what? This is messing up our whole economy, our whole culture here in Ephesus, and so we need to get these people out. And so rioting's happening. People want to throw Paul in jail, and he pretty much has to, has to leave Ephesus to continue the work God has for him because he knows he can't stay in Ephesus anymore. And he leaves this final encouraging challenge to the leaders there. And I believe it's very important for us to lean into. Because here's what he says. Once again, guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with the blood of Jesus, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. I believe there's three things in this verse that we can see our steps to create a better future. Paul's telling everybody, hey, I know it's going a little cray right now in Ephesus. I know this guy named Demetrius is driving us out of here with these riots, but it's in this moment when it feels like you should give up, it's in this moment when you feel like everyone's against you that you gotta stand strong and stand firm. And it's in this moment that you exist to create a better future for this city, for the church, and for what God wants to do in and through your life today. That's the encouragement that he's bringing. And I want to give you these three things, and I think they can really help you, really inspire you, and really give you practical steps on how to create a future in your life. The first one is stewardship. Now, this is kind of a biblical word, but I think it's so important. It's so important to lean into this, because stewardship is one of the most essential traits of our life, to steward what God has given us. God's given us three things time here on this earth. He's given us talents, and those are different. No matter what, you are talented. You have some sort of talent inside of you, and you have treasure. You have resources that can be used through your generosity to make a difference. That's why we say generosity is our privilege here at Local City Church. But I want to steward those things well. Now, one of the things that happens when you have a baby is there's a lot lot of sitting around, Like you're just sitting there holding the baby, right? And sometimes you're rocking them and they look so sweet. Sometimes they're like moving around. Sometimes you're changing their diaper, whatever it may be. 
And sometimes it's time to sit back on the couch and just watch some things, get some Netflix shows out of the way. And one of the Netflix shows I've been watching is this show called Alone. Maybe you've heard of it. It's a show on the History Channel where they take these survivalists and they send them out to the wilderness for as long as they can stay out there. And they're sent with just themselves and some things that they choose. And whoever stayed, the one I just watched, the guy was out in Grizzly Mountain, Canada, zero degree temperature, grizzly bears everywhere. The guy that one was out there for 75 days, all alone, living off the earth. I would probably be out there for 75 days, but I'd be dead for 74 of them. I'd just be laying out there because I wouldn't last. I wouldn't do very well, right? And they talk about how it's not just finding food and building shelter. It's the loneliness, right? And what every single one of them is given is they're given 10 items that they can choose to bring. All of them can bring like hunting stuff and tools and things like that. But outside of that, there's 10 items they can bring. Here's what I know about these survivalists. They're not thinking like, okay, I'll bring some... I'll bring uh, some balloons. Maybe I'll use balloons out there. I'll bring, um, I don't know, maybe some toys, like some, some toy cars to play with. Maybe I'll bring those. No, those things don't help survivaling. They don't help with you living and surviving out there. It's made up a word, survivaling. No, surviving. They don't help you with that. So they bring things that matter. One guy, he brings a toothbrush. I mean, they, that's kind of important to bring, I guess, if you want to like, you know, be, you'll be alone. Maybe you don't need a toothbrush. But he brings a metal toothbrush, and he says, I brought this because it's two items in one. You can, I can break this in half, and I can shave this other end down. It could be a fish hook that I can use. I'm like, man, these guys are so creative. I never would have thought of that. But they steward all these items that they bring. They think about, how is this one going to be used? And how is this one going to be valuable? How is this one going to help me in this situation? And they make sure that every single choice matters on these 10 items. Because if you've already written it down, here's what it says about stewardship. Is that one of the most spiritual things we can do is intentionally choose the godly choice. Let me give you one of the biggest differences between an immature follower of Jesus and a mature follower of Jesus. Because honestly, that's where I want you to go, to grow into a mature, a mature faith of your own. To realize this, that immature followers of Jesus are led by their feelings. Mature followers of Jesus are led by their choices. Realizing that feelings, yes, they are a signal. Yes, feelings are an indicator but they're a, they're, they're, they're a signal, not the steering wheel. They're an indicator, not the main influence. And we have to realize that in our life, that choices lead, feelings follow. It's why the Bible encourages, encourages us to choose joy. It's not just going to happen. I just don't wake up every day, woohoo! No, I got to choose joy. Seven days, Teddy's been alive, right? What I've been reminded in those seven days is that I never, ever feel like changing a diaper. I'm never like, oh, yes, get to change a bunch of diapers today. Can't wait. If that's you, awesome. It's just not me. But I choose to do it. Why? Because I want to be a good father. I want to protect my son. I know it's what I'm supposed to do. It's the identity that I have now as a dad. So if you're just led by your feelings, you're always going to be frustrated and you're always going to miss out on the new thing God wants to do in your life. But if you would commit today to have that resiliency to say, you know what, I'm going to be led by my choices now. And I'm not going to be led by just any choice. I'm going to be led by the godly choice in my life. Where has God directed me? Where is God leading and guiding me? And I'm going to make that choice even if I don't feel like it. And I'm going to move forward in that. We cannot be led by our feelings. We are led by our choices and the godly choices 
choices, you make subconsciously and consciously over 35,000 choices every day. So they're kind of important. And I believe just like that show alone, we've got some choices that we have to steward well. What am I going to do with my time here on earth? What am I going to do with the talents God's given me? What am I going to do with the treasure that He's placed in my life? I've been thinking a lot about, I read this article a few days ago about Florida's biggest attraction that no one thinks about. Like, why do people come here to Florida? And they said one of the biggest attractions, even bigger than like Disney World and our amusement parks and the beaches, is the fact that you can come see the space shuttle launch here in Florida. Maybe some of you have driven out to see that. I think it'd be awesome to go do that. I've never done it, but I'd love to go see a space shuttle launch. The whole space program thing is incredible to me. And it drew me back to a quote from JFK in the 60s. In 1961, when he was speaking to Congress, here's what he says. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we are willing to accept, one that we are unwilling to postpone, and one which we intend to win, and the others too. At the height of the Cold War, What was going on in the world at that time, JFK brings this inspirational speech saying, you know what? Let's turn our attention to what we can do, not what we're going through. Let's turn our attention to what's possible. Let's bring our sights to something that seems so unimaginable, but a dream that we have in our hearts to put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. And that excitement, that vision brought about this opportunity to create a better future for the world. And we accomplished that goal, and it's amazing to celebrate and see just what's possible. But I love the beginning of this statement. We choose to do this because it's hard. And I would encourage you in your life, maybe it's time to choose to do some things because they're difficult, because it's hard, but because it will lead to a new, unimaginable thing that you never thought possible. That maybe you'll be standing and you'll see, how did I even get here? Well, it's because I made one right, godly choice after the other. Because the thing is, right, small steps, right, obedient choices when it comes to the godly things in the same direction for a long amount of time lead to breakthrough, lead to miracles, lead to great stewardship in our life, and that's the way we can create a better future. It's the first step. It's the first vent to pop open. Second thing is this, is that we got to be good shepherds. That's the name of my oldest son, because we wanted him to know that that is his calling in his life, to be a shepherd. What does Paul say in Acts 20, 28? He says, shepherds God, he said, shepherds God's people, lead them and feed them. Don't leave them out to their own. You are called to help them. You are called to serve them. You are called to help them know that there is always hope because hope has a name and that name is Jesus. So what does it say underneath the idea of the step of shepherding? Is that we lead people to where God wants them to be. Someone led you to where God wanted you to be. Someone invited you here. God reached you through some sort of invitation, whether it was in person or an Instagram ad or something. And we want to lead you to where God wants you to be, in that place of forgiveness and freedom and excitement about who you are. We feed people with significant things God has for them. I got to tell you, man, I am loving this whole after-pregnancy thing because, like, 
we're getting Uber Eats gift cards like every day. It's been awesome. It's like we'll order something and we'll go like, we'll go to the nines on Uber Eats because we're like, let's go. We don't have to go cheap because we got some gift cards. And then as soon as we order it, we'll be eating that dinner. And then another gift card will get text to us or email to us. Oh yeah, let's keep going. I love being fed, right? And I love when it's brought right to the door. I don't have to go anywhere. It's awesome. Now, just as important in our life, more important is the fact that there are people who are hungry for what God has for them. And you may be that delivery person that needs to bring them to, that needs to bring it to them. If you've ever been on Uber Eats, you've ever done it before, it's like the first one to grab the order is the one who gets it, right? Like, I'll take that order. That's a big order. I'll take that one. I believe there are little blips and notifications in your life every single day of people who are saying, hey, I need, I need to order some hope in my life. I need to order some purpose in my life. I need to order some community in my life. Would you show up and help me? Would you bring that to my doorstep? Would you lead me to where God wants me to be? Would you feed me with the things that he has for you? And our answer as local city church will and always be yes, we are here to serve because we are called to be shepherds. Come on, local city. Are you willing to step into that? Are we willing to make that choice? It's not easy, but it's the only way to live. It's the only way to live. Because who is our shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. Because he leads me to green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He walks with me in the valley of shadow of death, so I will fear no evil. And you can be that example. Now, I told you, shepherd is the name of our oldest son. Let me show you one of my favorite pictures from the last few days. This is when Shepard first met Teddy. This is him holding him, and then this is him first seeing him. And I'm telling you, it's one of the most favorite moments of my entire life. As a husband, as a father, I mean, this right here. And when Shepard walked in, Adrian was holding Teddy, and uh, he walked up to him, and Teddy did one of those baby noises. Not a cute one. He was like, meh. You know, like one of those noises, you know, like babies make. And Shepard was like, oh. His first voice, wow! And it was like the sweetest thing, something that I just kind of like, yeah, just noise, who knows? Maybe he's hungry, maybe he's going to the bathroom, I don't know. But Shepard was like, wow, his first voice, I've never heard him speak before. And I'm telling you, ever since he's been home, every minute Shepard's like, is Teddy okay? Is he happy? Can he come play with me? What can I, like, mommy, is Teddy okay? Like, is he smiling? Is he happy? Is he hungry? Does he need something? Like every minute this is happening. And I need to let you know, that is where God's called us to in our life. I love the shift that's happened in Shepherd's life. Even at, at four years old, it's gone from, well, I'm hungry, mommy, come play with me. And that, that will probably come because he's not perfect. But right now his focus is, hey, what can I do to make Teddy happy? What can I do to love on him? What can I do to, to bring a smile to his face? And I'm telling you, that's where fulfillment is in your life. What can I do to serve someone today, God? What can I do to bring a smile to someone's face? You know, it's one of those things where when you're having a big stress, sometimes you just have a big stressful week and when it rains, it pours. Anyone ever been there before having a stressful week and then it just rains and it pours? So I, uh, with everything that happened, Adrian had to go to the hospital ahead of time to get some checks because we didn't know if we were going to have the baby. She just went in to get checked and they're like, we're not letting you go home. You're going to have this baby very soon. And so I had to drive to the hospital because we couldn't leave our son home, at lo home alone. And so my car was at the hospital too. And so I go down to my car to get ready to run an errand really quick and I turn my key and my battery's dead. Great. <laughs> Battery dead at a hospital. Isn't that awesome? And so I was like, well, I'll just leave it here. When we get, get home, I'll come back and get it. And so I get back to the hospital, and I have AAA, and so I set it up, and they're like, two-hour wait. Sweet. 
Awesome. No one's ever been excited to wait two hours, I don't think. If you have been, you're a better person than I am. And so the AAA guy shows up, and we start talking, and he's from New York, really nice guy. He's a churchgoer. And I said, well, what, what, what made you want to do this? And he said, well, you know, I owned a, a car dealership for years and sold it, and, you know, just sitting at home during COVID, I gained like 50 pounds. And I was like, I got to do something with my hands again. And this is what he said. And I wanted to have a job where people were happy to see me when I showed up. And I was like, you're in the perfect job, because <laughs> like, there's no more stressing when your battery's dead or when you're out of gas or you got a flat tire. He said, but I want to have a job where people are happy to see me when I show up. And I thought, that's, there's no better definition of what the church should be. They should be happy when the church shows up. People should be happy when they're invited to sit here. People should be happy when you step into their life and have a conversation with them. Not that we don't ever tell them the truth or share with them the good news of who Jesus is, but when we show up, there should be happiness and joy because we're shepherding our life well. You can't tell me there's not joy in that picture right there. And that's the joy that awaits you in your life. We got a steward, we got a shepherd, and the last one is we got to choose to have staying power to create a better future. And as we begin to close, and I'll invite the band back up, we'll, cl we'll close right here, is that you can't change if you never stay. You can't change if you never stay. It's all about that staying power of getting healthy when it comes to working out or going to the doctor. You have to stay doing it. You have to keep committed to it, and you have to stay in it even when it gets difficult. And it's in that staying power where change can really happen. And the only way to see the power of God is to stay in the place of God. The only way to see the power of God is to stay in the place of God. Can I encourage you, local city church? Stay. Trust God. He's not going to let you down. He is not going to forget about you. He's not going to forsake you. The best is yet to come when you are in His hands and His hands alone. The best is yet to come when you simply say, God, I trust you more than I trust myself. And even when it gets difficult, I'm going to stay because I want to see my life change. I want to see my future change. I want, to be to, I want Sunday today, September 25th, 2022, to be a day where my future began to change and my family began to change and my life started to move in a new direction. See, saying yes to Jesus is not about everything getting fixed or everything being perfect. It's about changing directions and staying focused on Jesus and staying in his hands and staying in his protection and in his community he's called you to. Some of us, we've been going to church for 20, 10, 15, 20 years, but we've changed churches every two years. So we've only gone to level one of church 20 times. Rather than taking one step deeper every single week into the things that God has for us, to get on, a home, to get on the home team and serve, to get baptized, to get in a circle, to get connected with what God has for me. I'm going to stay because I want to change. But more importantly than that, I want to see the power of God. As we close today, I wanted to give you this example. Here's what Paul closes Acts 20 with, and it says this. It says, And now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. This verse encourages me. Why? Because it tells me that Paul, the guy who has planted so many churches and written a ton of the New Testament, says that he trusts us with this. He's telling the Ephesian church leaders at that time, hey, I entrust you to God, and God's not going to let you down. I entrust you to what God has for you, and he's got an inheritance for you. What does inheritance mean? It means that God's prepared something for you. It means that God's going to provide for you. 
And when you stay and trust him and steward this life and shepherd those around you, man, you, be, you begin to create a future that you never could on your own. And I brought this little tennis ball out because I thought about it this way. Sometimes I think the choices in our life and shepherding the people around us and just choosing to stay is so simple and it's right in front of us. But it's not, it's always, it's not always the most exciting thing to do. Like, think about it this way. If this, if this tennis ball were to represent your choices and the opportunity in front of you to create a better future and the opportunity to shepherd people around you. And like I said earlier, we have this confident hope, right? This foundation of God. No matter what choice I make, if it's in the right direction, if it's towards God, if it is that godly choice, if I'm caring for people around me and I'm staying in the things of God, no matter what choice I make, I know the outcome will always bounce back. I know the outcome will always bounce back into the hands of God and into my life in a blessing way. I know that no matter what, God is always there to redeem and restore, to forgive me and set free. See, as your pastor, I never want to tell you what to do, but I will be honest with you and tell you, if you make that choice, here's what's probably going to happen. If you disconnect from God's church, you'll feel disconnected. If you, if you turn your back on the things of God, those things may begin to start feel farther and farther and farther away. If you give up on God when you don't feel like he's close, don't be surprised when it feels like God's 100 miles away. But I know that you meant seek God and you will find him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. When I have this foundation, no matter what choice I make, no matter what decision I make, what situation, I can always bounce back and I always know what God's going to do. I always know he's going to be there for me and be there for me and, whoop, and, and bless me and show me what's up even when I drop it. But here's what some of us do. Here's what I do sometimes when I get in my own selfish desires. Say, you know what? I just want to do things my own way. I want to take control. And we just, who knows where it's going? It could bounce anywhere. I could lose it and never find it again. It could bounce all over this room and it would take me years to find it. But if I simply say, you know what? God, today, I'm going to create a better future. I'm going to choose to follow you. I'm going to choose to be in your house, to make it a priority. I'm going to choose to serve with the talents that I have. And I'm going to choose to dream again and build and create a future for those around me as I steward and as I shepherd and as I stay. And here's what I wrote in my journal to encourage you with today as we close. It's that it costs Jesus everything to bring me home. So I don't care what it costs me to bring his hope to the future. It costs Jesus his life, it costs him friends, it costs him family, it costs him stepping down from heaven to live life on this earth, it costs him everything to bring me home. So I don't care what it costs me to bring his hope to the future. I'm going to steward, I'm going to shepherd, I'm going to stay, and I will not miss the new thing that God is doing in my life and in this church and in the world today. I commit to be a part of it. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, hey, I will not miss it. I will not miss it. Say it like you mean it. Come on, local city church. I will not miss it today because God is doing something new. I'm going to steward it, shepherd it, and I'm going to stay because it costs everything to, for Jesus to bring me home. And so I don't care what it costs me to bring his hope to the future. If that encourages you today, that lifts you up today, come on, give me a good amen. And let's stand to our feet as we close. Right before we begin to close, would you just close your eyes with me? Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. 
A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.